This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele, a show that matches business mentees with exceptional mentors to provide the skills and knowledge to navigate the entrepreneurial journey. Beyond Mentorship is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making. Come to the second installment of Beyond Governments here at High FM. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I'm delighted to share this space and time as we continue to showcase the work of entrepreneurs who are breaking all manners of um, challenges and, and by really becoming trailblazers in their own, intelli- in, in their own spaces. Um, in my view, the insights and observations that are derived from engaging with entrepreneurs is actually meant to help and or harness uh, your own intellect and, and sharpen the skills and acumen that you desperately need to uh, position your business or, or reposition your business to a point where it, it really adds value. Um, I mean, this show actually seeks to galvanize mentors of businesses uh, that and, and, and that are already in, that are already in business, and 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 I'm super excited that this particular aspect of the show. Um, has huge prospect uh, in ensuring that uh, the pains of entrepreneurs are somehow lessened by getting insight from those who have traveled. And the reality is that South Africa um, is currently one of the worst, our stats aren't pleasing when you're looking at unemployment rate. So there has to be a culture of promoting entrepreneurship as opposed to a culture wherein we promote academia because in most instances some of the certificates that are printed are not even worthy of the paper they're written on so which means we do need to have a big uh, a cultural shift uh, that gets us to think and act uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that propel entrepreneurs um, to drive economic uh, development because we all know that entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of any economy. The US, Australia, you name it. The, the bulk, the drivers, of, the drivers of those economies are actually entrepreneurs. Uh, big businesses ha- have saturated in terms of uh, employment. So we now rely, have to rely on small businesses to really make a bit of, intre- a bit of, of, of that kind of uh, uh, dent. Uh, moving on swiftly, I think it is customary that we acknowledge those that came before us. Uh, a word of gratitude to Michael McKenna uh, and his team. Uh, and meanwhile, it will be criminal not to acknowledge uh, Craig, as well as who's on the controller, and Harry Seleke, who is the producer of the show. Uh, the technical in, uh, input makes the show a, a delight to, to, to the listener's ear. Uh, if you miss any of the previous show, not to worry. Uh, simply uh, go to our website, uh, download the podcast that of that is of interest to you. Share your thoughts with us via our SMS line, which is three four four nine. The Telegram is zero six one eight nine five one zero nine five. And of course, your thoughts are most welcome via my X handle. I'm getting the handle of X, not Twitter anymore, uh, which is at Doctor Mbele. Um, I suppose one of the biggest issues that um, we're obviously going to navigate or trying to navigate today 
is to have a conversation with uh, two of the trailblazers in the entrepreneurship space. We will get into that uh, aspect as soon as we take the break. We'll come back to you in a second. This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. As I've indicated before that short break that we are putting a spotlight on two of uh, Susan Entrepreneur. Uh, we have two segments show. The first segment will deal with Paul uh, Ballon, who is an owner of Paul's Home Ice Cream. And once we have um, explored that particular uh, engagement with Paul, we'll then have a follow-up with uh, Nicola Cooper, who is the founder of Nicola Cooper & Associate. Um, that will hear also their, you know, both of the colleagues joining in as far as how they have managed to put their brains where they are and hopefully based on the kind of conversation that will ensue, you'll be motivated and inspired to take your own business to greater heights. Uh, in certain scene, one of the issues that um, one, one really needs to hamper on is the fact that um, you know, the, our labor market system has failed and uh, we are not able, we will not be sitting at 40% of unemployment, of which of that 40%, about 60% um, of those who are unemployed are youth. And, and that is a, a, a travesty of social justice, if you like. And what makes even things worse is the fact that we're sitting with close to about 25 seaters, uh, sitting with billions of rents, which is not being used to try and create um, the kind of infrastructure that entrepreneurship can leverage on to address unemployment. So having said that, they, they, they clearly a, there's, no, you know, there's no Calvary. We, 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 there's no one who's coming. We have to be on our own. Uh, without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome Paul, uh, who, who is the owner of Paul's Homemade Ice Cream. Um, and we'll get to hear more about Paul's at, at journey. I, I implore you as a listener to make your contribution and shape this conversation by giving us your SMS, uh, or by SMSing us on 3449, the telegram is 061895. Uh, and of course, your, your thoughts and views are welcome by. <laughs> I'm going to have to repeat that because the telegram number has changed. It is 061-895-1019. Uh, am, am I correct, Kerry Harry? Thank you very much. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for gracing Beyond Mentorship with your present. Thanks for having me. Lovely, lovely. Um, look, you are in a very exciting uh, and yummy, you know, line of thoughts. Before, before we went to, before we came on air, I was saying, I mean, I'm quite fascinated to have this kind of a conversation with you. Tell, uh, take us through the thinking behind this particular product and the extent to which it has been received by the market. I'm sure a lot of people who have similar ambitions, such as yourself, uh, who wants to start business in this particular uh, sector uh, could obviously benefit immensely by getting your insight based on how you started this particular brand. So yeah, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. So Paul's Homemade Ice Cream is a South African story. Um, and I think for a lot of young entrepreneurs or, or young, um, young unemployed um, youth in South Africa, I think hopefully it's a story of in inspiration. Um, I luckily had a very good primary school, high school and um, tertiary education. 
that a lot of our South African youth, like you mentioned earlier, don't have that access to skills, to education. Um, and I think Paul's homemade ice cream is possibly a story that someone in a position that's unfortunate could hopefully get some inspiration from. Um, because I wouldn't say that the skills or the education that I received um, in my young age, um, I'm not so young anymore, um, necessarily directly assisted me to grow the business to where it is today. Um, actually, 2024 is the official 10-year anniversary of the business registration of Paul Made Ice Cream. Um, so hopefully we over the hard hump um, some people put time spans on businesses and whether they are going to be a success or whether they've gotten through the hardships. And a lot of people say that getting through the decade is is the hard part. Um, April's the, the anniversary, so hopefully we have easier times to come. But anyway, I won't I won't hop on too much. So Paul's Paul's was started um, in my parents' kitchen at the young and tender age of 21. Um, I'm 30, turning 35 this year, so I'm not so young anymore. Um, I come from a very creative family, um, a very worldly family, and I was luckily enough to be gifted an ice cream machine for my 21st birthday present, and had no, no clue how ice cream was made at the time. And a lot of people have already heard the story. So apologies to, to those people that have already heard the story as it becomes quite monotonous over and over again. But I, luckily I had the internet and like these days, you can figure anything out. Um, and, but in fact, ice cream, the, 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 the com complexity of ice cream is, isn't that uh, revealed out on the interwebs. Um, so it's been a learning curve, but I shall get into that in a bit, I think. Okay. But, but before we, you know, one thing that you've raised that is quite um, interesting, that 10 years, it's actually, um, in South Africa, the survival rate of business is less, less, less than, what, 18 months. In 18 months, it collapses. So 10 years, certainly a milestone worth celebrating, and we want to congratulate you on that particular uh, milestone. But from a product point of view, um, what sort of thinking that got you to a point where you think this particular product um, is likely to hit the market because you're already competing with other brands in this particular space? What would you say would have been the unique selling point of your product? Because this is one thing that every single entrepreneur needs to think about. You're moving into a space where there's already competition. You're moving into a space where there's already people uh, who have done it for years. From, you, from, from Paul's ice cream, a homemade ice cream, what would you say would, uh, was the unique selling proposition mm. that made a difference to a point where you, you're sitting now? Yeah, so I think, like we mentioned earlier, South Africa is a challenging place, but a lot of like a lot of people say that where there's lots of challenges there potentially are lots of opportunities so i think at the point that paul started it was never it was never started in the in, with the with the potential of it becoming a business um it was it started as an 
I had an interest in ice cream. I found that the ice cream was extremely decadent and delicious and I wanted other people to taste it. And then with time and, and development and getting the product out there slowly, um, I realized that there was actually an opportunity for a business. And the, I think the, the USP was that um, there was not much at that point in time. There weren't, there were, there weren't many good op- uh, options for high quality ice cream. It was very commercial. Um, it was catering to the, more of the masses. And I realized that I needed to educate people on what the product is, that it's, it's a higher quality um, product made with care and love and top quality ingredients and different flavors. Um, and obviously there was a brand behind it. I think, I think that spoke words to people. That, that's, that's quite fascinating. One is that you started in the kitchen, which means your capital cost when it's high because people have this misconception that if you want to start a business you want to have this big fancy building and infrastructure so there lies in a an yet another exciting point about how you've evolved and i'm sure you're not operating for your mother's kitchen now <laughs> you how many shops do you have we have 13 stores <laughs> um some of them are franchise some of them are company owned um and um yeah, I think that's the numbers have changed over the years. Franchise franchising is a sort of a new opportunity that um, we've sort of developed and focused on in the last couple of years. Um, but we have a couple of company-owned stores that are our. Um, I guess we do a lot of exper- experimentation in them, and they're sort of our signature stores. Um, but we. I think we've gotten to the point where we actually have more franchise we actually do have more franchises than company owned stores that's quite an interesting point that you've just raised um, two variables that i want us to get into uh, immediately after the break one obviously um you know someone who's listening to you now says surely it was not uh, smooth sailing um in terms of how you journeyed um from the mar- access to market and access to capital. These are two biggest variables everybody speak about. And, and I want you to share with, with us how you manage to navigate those particular spaces. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Is brought to you with the compliments of Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. This is Beyond Mentorship. My name is Nimrat Mbele. I'm having a very interesting conversation with Paul, uh, he, who is the brain child of Paul's homemade ice cream. Before we took that break, I wanted him to explain to us, um, you know, some of the challenges, particularly in relation to market, how you manage to, to leverage the, the market, and two, access to financing, because every single interv- uh, in, entrepreneur um, have anxieties about those two your experience which would add would would serve as a lesson to somebody who is wishing to become you based on your experience and so on and so forth take us through that so i think access to market is definitely a challenge and i think it's for the ice cream it's highly challenging because it's not packing a dry good and putting it in a box and distributing it mm-hmm. um i think ice cream is known as probably the most challenging thing to distribute because it's highly temperature sensitive. 
Um, it has to be transported between very specific temperatures in a in a frozen in a very bespoke frozen vehicle. Let's not talk about load shedding. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's not get to that. I think that's an obvious challenge. And um, obviously, when it's in a shop front, it has to be stored in a freezer. Um, so, and obviously, the freezer has to either be um, owned by the retailer or it will be owned by ourselves. And obviously, early, very early on in the business, we made a decision that we would supply the retailer with a, a Paul's homemade ice cream freezer for a number of reasons. Obviously, the freezer would be on the on the shopfront floor and have more presence. Secondly, we would have control of over the merchandising of the product, and it wouldn't just get thrown around and thrown around with frozen fish and chicken and peas. Um, and lastly, we could control obviously the the um, the temperatures and and monitor it a lot more carefully. So obviously, if stock is compromised, then your products compromise and your brands co- compromise. And it's, I guess you only get so many chances with a consumer. And um, so I guess the, the the product we started in very small bespoke outlets, and obviously we had to grow the brand. It wasn't an overnight success, and not everyone. Knew from knew about also made ice cream from the get go. I mean, it's been a ten year journey mm. of people tasting the product, people seeing the product, people understanding how the product's made, mm. and it's it's. I'm not going to say that there's a an overnight success story in terms of how to get mm. your product to market. Um, I think for us, the product speaks for, speaks for itself. Um, people really love the brand, and we have some real cult followers. Um, and I think that's that's allowed us to develop the sort of a, a loyal um, consumer base over the years. You know, I, I like the, the expression around cult followers because in most instances, um, entrepreneurs would say, well, there's, there's two school of thoughts. One that says, if you've got a good product, money follows. Another says, let's, let's have money and have a product. But in your particular space, you seem to have had a solid product and that was um, obviously marketed properly with the right kind of, of, of uh, selling proposition. And, and that on its own, because it obviously it was a journey. But speak to a person who does not have that kind of a challenge, that has financial challenge to invest in a business. And I'm sure you would have had, you know, engaged financial institutions or you had to get somebody a big brother to fund certain aspects um, on what basis uh, did the funder funded your business I won't dig into the funding too much but I, I think what I'd say is that it's been a very organic funding process we haven't just taken lump sums of, lump sums of money and plonked it into the business and, and hoped for the best um, it's been a it's been a slog over the years, um, and I mean back to su- the challenges in South Africa. Um, I think a lot of the big banks and the corporations they do preach small business and support of small business, but I don't know how much I agree with that. Um, they they all say that they um, are pro small business and they're there to support, but I, I actually. From our experience, it's not the reality on the ground. Um, and I think that there, there is a huge gap 
for for partners and i mean back to the the what you were speaking about earlier in terms of um unemployment i think there's a huge gap in the market for tying in um the huge unemployment rates with entrepreneurs that are trying to build their businesses and finding spaces to educate and and to get these individuals into businesses to assist them um but yeah i think i think you have to i think finding finding big brothers and funding partners without giving up large parts of your business in south africa is very very challenging well i like the last part because everybody who wants to invest in your business wants a stake and and if if well it it, it is positive in the sense that it goes to show that that your value proposition is worthy but it's also counterproductive in the sense that your brainchild uh, can can easily be be, be softened off and and you actually building which is a genuine fear mm. a lot of people tell them look i mean I, i've started this thing from nothing and i just can't uh, you know part with it but unfortunately those are some of the conversations that any entrepreneur needs to be aware of and and manage or get somebody who has gone through this kind of journeys so that you're able to advise them on what are the potential pitfalls in those kind of spaces and wh- what is the best way of avoiding them yeah i mean yeah i can't give the i can't give the answer to that i think that um every business is very different um i think they and i also i also think it depends on the industry that you're in I think food is very specific and I think high end food is also very very specific. Um I think we I think the challenge for a business like like Pauls is that I think we do have a limited target market. Um maybe in a in a business that has um that has more appeal or that is catering to more of the masses um would maybe have um more access to a, some like things like financial assistance. Um but I think It's not to say that the business doesn't have the same legs as a business that caters to more of a mass market, um, but it's a different type of a business. So, yeah, I think the appeal is different to different different bodies. Now, interesting because perhaps maybe my parting shot: when you are in the food uh, space, there's a lot of health regulations and what have you. That would have been a massive challenge for you because. you can't take the market until they have SABC approved and so exactly you know so what has been your experience for Well those are also challenges I mean there's there are regulations you have to have full-time people that monitor a million things temperatures certifications um t- there's testing there's PPE there's yeah a huge amount of monitoring like the list is a never-ending list of um checks and requirements that we have to put in place obviously for our own good and our own safety sake but also obviously for our consumers absolutely paul as we uh, wrapping up our first segment um i want to challenge you to be one of the mentors for the a lot of up and coming entrepreneurs that could learn so much from your journey would you take us on the challenge yeah for sure i'd love to Well, we've got witnesses. Thank you very much. I mean, there's Paul, um, you know, who has offered uh, his entrepreneurial uh, spirit in guiding some of the up-and-coming uh, businesses so that they also uh, learn the trade without necessarily having to 
slog to a point where they repeated some of the mistakes that you'd have done. And 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 perhaps maybe the last word on your end, particularly on the franchising side of things, because I think that's quite fascinating. Uh, and unfortunately, we we this is for me an opportunity to explore that other aspect because franchising is a very complex phenomenon that that has its own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's huge opportunity in it. I think the nice thing about it is that you can, the you can give the you can let other people read the rewards of of your labor. Um, and I think we have a very good franchise model. Obviously, we've learned a lot through through the process, um, but we have a lot of a lot of successful franchisees. And I think it's obviously a, a decision a businessman needs to make, a business owner needs to make in in this sort of space of where they have the capital, the energy, the time, the resources to take all their stores and manage it under their own wing or to give the opportunity to others to potentially run the stores better um, to, and to reap the rewards of, of their hard work. So I think we once met with, with a, a large, um, so very successful franchi- food um, franchisee, franchi- franchisor, who said, who advised us not to franchise. Um, for those exact reasons, is that you lose control and you have to deal with the franchisees. Um, but without franchising their business, they would never be where they are today. So I think it is a dilemma that that obviously a lot of people face. Being, in a, being a, a seasoned entrepreneur as you are, it's, it requires a lot of resilience, it requires a lot of patience. And whoever gets into this kind of space, your word of encouragement to them just just keep going <laughs> keep going just keep going yeah, just keep going exactly and and collaborate more and more ask questions yeah and um yeah things will things will work out absolutely yeah. anyway paul unfortunately you're gonna have to leave it here i'm told um it has been absolutely fascinating having a conversation with you Thank how you. i wish you could have had more time because i think um you know we all could benefit i've certainly benefited immensely from your acumen and the understanding of business in a very specialized and niche market, which is very finicky, ice cream like so yeah. many. I haven't had any engagement about ice cream before, but I now understand the business of, of dealing with a very fragile product such as that. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming through. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep, that was uh, uh, Paul Ballon, who is the founder of Paul's Homemade Ice Cream, giving us a very interesting journey of how he evolved from his mother's kitchen to an environment where there are about 10, um, you know, 13 shops, so he says, and of the 13 shops, there is a, um, there's also interesting environment about um, franchising. It's an absolutely beautiful story um, that you've shared with us. We definitely will uh, get more and more of those kind of insights as we proceed. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second.